Hi, hello. This is Josh Bo, uh, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. The Mavericks just beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 107-97 in Oklahoma City. Uh, it was kind of nondescript game, uh, to, to be a, to be pretty honest. The Mavericks took care of business against an OKC team uh, that was. Uh, missing Chris Paul tonight uh, as he was out for personal reasons, as we assume he's, uh, you know, shaken by by the loss of Kobe Bryant, as a lot of NBA players were. Um, so the the game just kind of definitely had a, a had a weird feeling to it. But the Mavericks took care of business against an OKC team, even without Chris Paul. Uh, they're a good. They're a good team. You know, they're a playoff team, and the Mavericks they needed this bounce back win after the Utah game. Uh, Kirk, do you have any? pressing things you want to say i know before we hit record we both kind of agreed we're just kind of shrugging our shoulders after this game but at least it's a win and and, you know not a loss well i do think we need to uh to highlight the recent strong series of play from delon wright you know there's always things you can talk about good bad ugly whatnot but this is one of the more fascinating delon games of the season 27 minutes he had 14 points 12 rebounds including six on the offensive side and four assists and, you know, obviously this isn't the kind of game we expected from him ever when we signed him, but just kind of the the, the unique skill set he brings is not something we've seen more than maybe 15 to 20 times this season, every other game at best. And I feel, I need to go look at his like recent series of box scores, but my brain is telling me that over the last first so games, this might be some of the best basketball, I guess, yeah, going back to the Portland game, it's been the last three games. This is the best basketball he's played in 2020, at least. Um, so, you know, some, some, you know, nice statistical contributions. He's rebounding out of his mind over his past four games. He's averaging um, nearly like almost like nine something rebound, like nine plus rebounds a game. Um, and, and that's the, the kind of contribution you know, the, the interesting, like, filling the box score, doing things they need, filling in holes. That's just been really nice to see for DeLon. I'm, I'm glad that he is, you know, contributing in a way that's that's resulting in the Mavericks. You know, the Mavericks need it, frankly. Yeah. Uh, last three games, including tonight, 12 rebounds, eight rebounds, eight rebounds. That's pretty remarkable, uh, especially when you consider, you know, without Dwight Powell. I know Dwight Powell wasn't necessarily a fantastic rebounder, but they're down a big – and they're not really playing Boban, uh, so they need all the help they can get. I think part of the reason, you know, that you look at Kristaps and you look at Maxi, and those aren't guys who say rebounding is their strength. So it's like, okay, where are we going to get it, guys? Like, that's where the guards and the forwards have to chip in a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, he was he was also really aggressive tonight. I love him when he seems really committed and determined when he has the ball in his hands. I think when he is kind of just going with the flow of the offense and uh you know not necessarily always you know it's not necessarily pat you know him being passive but just when he's a more active participant in the offense i think he is just a wildly different player and he gives the mavericks something that they don't have from any other person on the roster really like there's not really another Mm -hmm. perimeter player that can kind of do all the things combined that he can do uh, you know, when we talked about the Utah game, we talked about how the Mavs are really limited because they have a lot of one-way players. Well, when DeLon's right. offense is, is good, then he is, a two, you know, he can be a two-way guy. Uh, so I think that's 
that's huge for them. I mean, uh, man, how many offensive rebounds did he have? He had six. six. That's what. That's pretty that's crazy. A, a couple of them were put, <laughs> Yeah, I know. A couple of them were putbacks. He hit two of four from three. I thought his jumper looked really good. Like, even the ones he missed, uh, I mean, he just – he shot it well, and he didn't hesitate, and that's huge. Think about the bench, you know, in that Utah game. They didn't really give them too much. You know, Kleba, Brunson, and Wright, I think, all had – it was pretty solid games. Uh, there was one bench player that did not have a solid game, but we will get to him uh, later. Um, I think Luca had an interesting night. If we're going to keep talking about, you know, things that, that went well, I think he had his, his typical game where he was just fantastic in the paint and was a little inconsistent elsewhere. Um, he hit, I think five straight threes, but outside of that stretch, you know, he missed seven. Uh, so, you know, it's five of 12 from three. Four missed three free throws again, but you know, five assists and no turnovers. Really clean game. Let me ask you a question. Let me yeah. ask you a question since you saw the entirety of the game. Uh, one of uh, one of the wonderful uh, Slovenian followers, I, I don't want to screw up his name, but his at is Sports Info C, uh, spelled Sport Info and then S I. Um, I don't know how to say his name, so I don't want to butcher it, but he was kind of asking some really interesting questions about. The, like why is Luca not running pick and rolls? He's basically saying like a very Harden-esque game. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I I haven't. I don't know if I've really noticed it too much. Um, I think when they've when they switch to, uh, I think Dwight being hurt might be part of it because Dwight was his main pick and roll partner, and with Kristaps, you know, you think about they haven't really been running as much uh, screen and roll with Kristaps, and when they go to the five out offense with no. KP, I wonder if that's just a byproduct of no pal and like that's who he's most comfortable with in the pick and roll. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I've definitely noticed it, but yeah, I guess I can see it when they spread the floor and that Luca tried to isolate one on one and very hard to ask. I mean, I, I yeah. saw it later in the game there. You know, he's a bigger guy, bigger body, he's using his strength. And I don't know if I love them trying to get, you know, switches with Steven Adams, who's a pretty you know, meaty man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's something I want to watch for the next, the next few games. Cause that's clearly it. They just don't have a dive man that they love, but I would, I, I don't know. Like KB's enormous. Like let him dive. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking this. It's just, it's something I want to pay attention to, to the next several games. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I like I said, I don't think it jumped out at me, but that's something now that, now that you mention it, I'm going to try to like, watch that a little bit uh, closer this time around. Um, speaking of KP, he had a weird game. I think the first half he was tremendous. And then the second half, I guess he was gassed or something. Cause I mean, he shot like five shots in a row where he was uh, completely tired, but he had 10 rebounds, all 10 defensive rebounds, which was just great to see against an OKC team that can be a little feisty in that regard with Adams and a lot of other, their, their longer players. So he's, you know, finished with 14 points. He had three assists, which was pretty nice. Um, but in the second half, his shot was just not there. And someone on Twitter told me this, and I, I want to bounce this off of you. What do you think? So since Powell's been out, you know, a lot of the responsibilities for the big stuff, uh, whether that's defense, rebounding, you know, all the stuff that maybe they would have Powell do that they don't ask KP to do when Powell was on the floor, you know, maybe KP is doing all of that now, you know, when he's the only big on the floor. And someone on Twitter was just wondering if he just looked gassed in the second half because his responsibilities have shifted up if he's 
in the five out offense because he's the lone big. I was just wondering what you what you might think of that. I think that's absolutely the case. There was a really good discussion late at night after the uh after the Jazz loss. You know, we're talking about Porzingis and Maxi's rebounding and why it's down. And it's down in no small part because if Porzingis is constantly having to help at the rim, that usually means he's at least a little bit out of place to get a rebound. And the Mavericks have some very interesting help defenders, but they usually only have one of those guys on the floor at once. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. is not known for his, you know, help the helper defensive rotations. And it's just going to be kind of a shortcoming of the Mavs if their man defenders are getting blown by in like a single dribble. And I think that's the sort of thing that just leads to all these downhill problems, you know, once the defense gets broken down by that initial offensive action. I mean, frankly, you see the same stuff when the Mavericks run it against other teams where, you know, Luka gets anywhere in the middle and defenses just freak out. Yeah, and that's why, you know, they just get so many good uh, three-point looks. And that happened again tonight. <laughs> they shot 51 threes tonight, uh, which I, I don't know why, but it didn't jump out at me during the flow of the game. I think that's just what the Mavericks have done to me. And they hit 19, so they hit a decent amount. Um, honestly, if it wasn't for, you know, there were basically three players who had, who kind of tanked it, the percentages. But otherwise, everyone was kind of chipping in. Tim Hardaway Jr., 3-7. Uh, you know, Luca 5 of 12. Kleba, 3 of 6. Wright, 2 of 4. So, you know, not not a bad shooting night. I think that's kind of what carried them over the edge. I, I tweeted this after the game. This felt like a very much like a process over results kind of win, which sounds weird. It felt like they played the right way and they got good looks and they did what they were supposed to do. They just missed some shots or, or things just didn't work out, and that's why the game was close. But it felt like uh-huh. watching that game, it felt like they were up 20 the whole game, even when OKC was getting you know close to five. Uh, but so, you know, that may be why I feel a little non-pulsed about it. Um, sure. I think we need to, to take a, a quick break real quick. We'll, we'll hit a commercial and then Kirk, we can come back and maybe, uh, I can let you go off on Justin Jackson if you want. What did he do? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Okay. We are back with MMB after dark Mavericks beat the thunder one Oh seven 97 good bounce back win for the Mavs after that loss against Utah on Sunday. Uh, Kirk, I'm I'm shocked. Did you not actually get to watch what Justin Jackson did? Did you not really notice him, or were you being a little facetious? Facetious. I mean, I watched. I mean, but I've <laughs> I've you know I it's it's I've gotten religion in him, and then I've accepted into my heart that he sucks at basketball and should not be <laughs> playing. But we don't really have options at this point. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you know, he's two of eight from the floor. But what did he like? What do you think that he did? Well, he, he was one of five from three, and a couple of his threes were like really quick triggers, not not good threes, like you know, fifteen seconds left on the shot clock, and not necessarily open and and throwing it up. Um, he missed a point blank layup. Um, yeah, that th- th- one at the end of the third quarter was great. Yeah, that's the one. That's why I thought you'd be you'd have a little bit more fire in your belly. I thought after you saw that, you'd be ready to go. I mean, it's just so funny. <laughs> the dude is terrible. He is objectively terrible. Like, I have no idea how he was ACC player of the year his senior year because he doesn't – his his best attribute is when he has the ball a lot. I think he gets more comfortable with more looks, and he's just never going to get that with the Mavericks. He has a nice floater game. He doesn't have a three-point shot. 
I mean, in, in January, he's shooting 27% from three-point line, which is up from 22% in, in uh, December. He had a flaming hot month in December, and that's about, like, the only reason why his numbers for the year don't look god-awful. He's just I – mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but whatever – you know, he's got all these physical tools, and we've talked about it before. There's just not much to go with. I'm – I know. This is, you know, one of the things we talked about in the preseason and over the summer was for the Mavericks to become a a playoff team, one of the things that had to happen was that every single role player would have to step up in some way, shape, or form. The Mavericks have gotten some ex- external breaks, which have worked in their favor. But when you go through their lineup, Jackson is really the one guy who has – he had a brief showing in November. But other than that, he has been – he's probably been the worst Maverick for the entire season. Is is that fair? I think so. And I think it's one of those things where um, it kind of is what it is. You know, like he was what? He came out of college after his junior year, right? Like he – so he wasn't necessarily like a young prospect. And then, you you know, you look at his three seasons now, you know, he was – 30% his first season in Sacramento from three, 34% the next year. And then, you know, with the Mavs, he was 37.2 in the, and after the trade deadline, but that was, you know, tanking and how much of that were in meaningless games. And then now this year with Mavs, he's shooting 31%. Like, it's just, it just kind of is what it is, you know, like I, I'm just, it's one of those things where like, I, I was kind of there with Dorian Finney Smith where it's like, I'm just not going to expect it unless he surprises me, you know, because otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, how, what do we have to look at in his past? That's going to show us that things are going to change. Like it's just going to have to happen. It's not necessarily something that anything anyone can look at and be like, no, they can rely on this. Like, it's just, this is the way it is until he changes it. And if not, you know, uh, the Mavs need another wing. That's why, I think it's crazy when I when if people can watch this team and they see his minutes, Jackson's minutes, and they don't think the Mavericks could use another wing. Like that's that's the crazy part. Like I'm just confused on what people are seeing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, other but, than that, this is just yeah. kind of one of these mid-January games where we're trying to slog through and and basically get to to All Star break where the Mavericks can get a little bit of rest. I mean that that was their 16th road win, which is third best in the NBA. <laughs> I know that's crazy. Like, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I need to look at the schedule. Maybe we could see if it, if it evens out. Cause it does feel like they've played a lot of their better, a lot of the better teams at home. Uh, but I, I think looking at like strength, of schedule stuff, I think they're, it's been pretty even. Like they haven't had like a horrible schedule, but they haven't had like a favorable, like it's been a pretty cut down the middle they got a pretty good run the first 20 games where they yeah. were playing some weaker teams and yeah they you're got right. some wins yeah like they, that denver game early in the season was big and then they beat the rockets too so you know they did they did enough of their work early to where they could kind of suffer a little bit in december and in january and i know you know game to game like me screaming and yelling like a lunatic last last game is one thing but big picture the Mavericks can essentially play 500 ball the rest of the way, and they're going to be like a, a six, five, six, seven seed at worst. Like I'm looking at the standings, and they're a half game up on the Rockets. They hold a decisive advantage in divisional play. So if things were ever to be tied, like the Mavericks, Mavericks would get that tie. Um, beating OKC was very big, but I mean they they have they're seven games up on the eight seed uh, Grizzlies. 
you know, with only I don't know how many games we have left here, but it's let you know it's, it's under it's north you of, know, of under forty, I think. It's like thirty five, maybe. I can't yeah. do math. I'm terrible. We're and, we're over the halfway win, point. Right. So if they if 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 we're over the halfway point and they win, I don't know, another let me just, just do the math here live as as we really, really get into um some great radio. Uh if so they play they've played forty six games, which means they have thirty six to go. If they play if they go eighteen and eighteen the rest of the way, that, that would leave them at forty seven wins. Which yeah. is good enough for you know that's going to be good enough for a playoff spot this year, uh, and, and which is also really hilarious. Like a fourteen game improvement from from last year would really be something. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Sure. I'm feeling good. I'm I'm feeling good. Like they they need to figure some stuff out. But when you get into this point in the season where the guys are starting to look a little tired, you just need to kind of steal wins. And and stealing a road win like this against another playoff contender feels pretty important. Yeah, I'll take it. I think after the Utah game, just any. Any sort of win, uh, there would be nothing to really complain about too much. So yeah, this was this was pretty solid. Well, I I think that's about it. Is there anything else? Willie Collie Stein didn't play tonight, uh, which I think was expected. I don't think he, you know, I thought it would be pretty unreasonable for him to play until he got like a full day with the yeah. team. So he'll play tomorrow. I bet he plays tomorrow though. Yeah, yeah, I really I think do. So too. I, I doubt KP plays. Right. And the, yeah, they'll need his minutes. Uh, some people on Twitter were suggesting like if they want to get crazy. Uh, you bump down Jackson's minutes and you play Maxi and Willie Cauley Stein off the bench. So and maybe you go a little bit bigger with your bench lineups, but we'll see, but uh, it'll be interesting at least. So we'll be back here. At least one of me or Kirk, probably both of us will be back here tomorrow night. Mavericks play the Suns at home home game. Let's see if the Mavericks can, can get a good home win. They need one. And otherwise, Kirk, if that's it, I think we're good to go. All right. Check back in with the site. We're writing stuff. Yep. <laughs> we sure are. This has been Josh Bowe and Kirk Henderson. You've been listening to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We'll talk to you after the Suns game on Wednesday. Wait, is today? Oh, God. What's today? Today's <laughs> Monday. Sorry. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Goodbye.